Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we come to hear your word, to hear your holy word that becomes holy fuel for us. Lord, may we hold on to it. May we uh, digest it. May it uh, ooze through our very presence and being. Lord, may it be your spirit. Your spirit that we talk about today on this Pentecost Sunday, move amongst us wherever we may be, that our hearts may be renewed, that our spirits may be encouraged. So Lord, set me aside. Come and move amongst us mightily. Give us hearts, ears, eyes to see and hear and feel your mighty presence. In your name I pray. Amen. Have you ever been working or playing outside really hard and, and you find yourself getting really thirsty? There's nothing better than a cool, refreshing drink of water. But what if there was no water in the fridge, no water in a cooler? The water had been turned off, the well had become dry. Or maybe there's a, another way that you've experienced something similar. You've come home exhausted from a long day, especially figuring out how to live and work in these new regulations that we have to follow. Or maybe for you, it's you've been home all day and you can't get out and do the things you're used to doing or want to do and the tank is almost empty. Last weekend, we went to see my dad. Got to do a little fishing, got to go to my favorite catfish restaurant. But we spent most of the day on Saturday cutting down trees that had blown across roads on the farm during recent storms. Now I'm talking trees that you couldn't put both of your arms around and limbs that were bigger than most of the trees in my neighborhood. We got into the third tree and, and I was just thirsty. I, I, I had to have something to drink. So there was a bottle on the tractor. Now, it wasn't no ordinary bottle, or at least it didn't look like it, because it had probably been there a while, but I didn't care. I just wanted some water, and I wanted something to drink, and it tasted great. After we got back, I filled it back up and put it back on the tractor to be sure that it was there in case someone else might need it also later. You know, I've always heard it's important to keep our cup full, so the refreshment we need will be there in difficult times. So what happens when our cups become empty? We fill them back up. But think about that process for a while. Our cups, our cups become empty and we fill them up. They become empty and we fill them up. We empty them, we try to fill them up. Somebody else empties them, we try to fill it up. It's this roller coaster processor that goes over and over and over that we get tired of it. That process in itself makes us thirsty and then we find as we try to fill it up we really don't care anymore if it spills we really don't care if it doesn't fill up we really don't care if there's anything left in it anymore it's just not worth it wouldn't it be easier wouldn't it be easier if we found a way to keep our tanks full all the time what if instead of trying to fill our cup we just got rid of the cup and didn't think about it anymore and use it anymore. But instead, we began to see our lives as a strainer. And we constantly connected our life to a nurturing source that would flow through us rather than just empty our tank. 
Today's Pentecost Sunday. You've heard that. You caught that, right? It's Pentecost Sunday. It's a day that we are reminded we can have such a nurturing and satisfying connection. Let's see how in today's scripture, how that this holy fuel can keep us going no matter what we are facing. So get your Bibles. Join me in reading your Bibles. Remember, I hope you got them right there. You're probably already ready and prepared, but if not, go get them. Need your Bible this morning. We're going to turn to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Turn to me in your Bibles there or whatever source you have to look up the scripture this morning. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other language, other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in their own native language. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean for us? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, have you noticed that gas prices have been creeping up a little bit lately? I mean, if we're honest, they've been pretty low for the past couple of months. Last month, I got gas for 46 cents. That's $6 for 13 gallons. Not $13 for 6 gallons, but 13 gallons for $6. 
Now, I confess, I did use some Kroger points to get that, but even to get that low, it was already a pretty low price anyway. I guess it's been good we've not had to fill up our tanks much over the past few months. But wouldn't it be nice if we had a fuel tank that would never go empty? Or that once we fill it up, it would run, it would never run out if we just somehow, some way could keep it connected to the source. That's what Jesus promised us. God has given us through the Holy Spirit. It doesn't fill our car tanks, it fills our heart tanks. That we may keep going in tough times, that we may keep giving in rough times, that we may keep loving in times that we don't feel very loved. The Holy Spirit nurtures the very essence of our soul, our being, our spirit. Who are the people in your life that nourish your soul? Who's someone in your life that nourishes your soul? Speak their name out loud. Post their name on Facebook. If you have somebody with you, share a name with you. of someone in your life that nurtures your soul. Maybe it's a mother who knows just the right word to say or offers a warm, gentle touch. Maybe it's a spouse who you don't have to say anything, but they know what you need without even speaking it. Maybe it's a boss who offers an encouraging word. Maybe it's a son or daughter who takes you to the doctor or picks up your groceries for you. Maybe it's a friend who calls just when you needed someone to talk to. It's their nourishment. It's their nourishment that undergirds us, that strengthens us, that helps us feel secure and confident. We build our lives upon these foundations. What they provide helps us to stand firm on our own. We count on these relationships and we rely on their advice. They are trustworthy and have our best interest in mind. Most importantly, they show us unconditional love. When we don't feel loved, when we, have things, when we have done things we should not have done, when we have been hurt, when it's been a rough day, when things didn't turn out as we expected, they listen, they hold, they encourage, they reassure, they show us unconditional love. Their love gives us energy and fuel to get back out there and to keep on going. It's these same conditions, it's these same qualities that the Holy Spirit offers us when we use the holy fuel God gives us to fill our heart tanks. So I want to talk about these six attributes that I've just mentioned that I believe are attributes the Holy Spirit gives us too. So get a pencil, get a pen. If you don't have one, go get one and write these down as we go through them together. The Spirit gives us nourishment. I'm talking food for the soul. I'm talking food for our own spirit. Clarity of God's word. Fuel from an extra tank we did not know we had that keeps us going through the daily task of life, whatever they may be. Two, the spirit also undergirds us. How does the spirit undergirds us? By strengthening our relationship with God and with others. The Spirit is the foundation through which we go out in God's name to serve, to love, to work, to do His mission. The Spirit offers a sense of protection. Not that we won't get hurt, 
but a sense of protection that we can rely upon when facing uncertain times or situations. Third, we can trust in the Spirit. You can trust in the proddings of the Spirit. There's nothing more true than when the Spirit reveals itself to us. Now, honestly, confession, we don't always like to hear what it says or what our gut tells us. But it's truth that we can count on and find assurance in. The Spirit gives us a spirit of discernment to tell the difference in truths and untruths. The Spirit, fourth, additionally offers us reassurance. Reassurance. One of my favorite moments about John Wesley is when he was reassured in his heart, when his heart was strangely warmed at Aldersgate, May 24th, a couple years ago, but that our heart was strangely warmed, or his heart was, and he was assured of his salvation. The Spirit works in our hearts to assure and reassure us that we are a child of God, that he loves us no matter what, and that he will equip us to carry out his calling. And one of the most important gifts the Spirit gives us is unconditional love. Unconditional love. The Spirit constantly speaks to our spirit that no matter what we have done, God's love and God's gift of grace abounds. Hear that this morning. He's still there. He will not abandon us, even in our darkest times. In this, we find worth and meaning. Throughout this Easter season, on each of the seven Sundays that we have been together since Easter, we have proclaimed that the heart of the matter is this, unconditional love, unconditional love that binds us to God, to Jesus, and to each other. On the day of Pentecost, the church received the power of the Holy Spirit that it's this message that may flow out to all people. So I believe there's one more thing that the Holy Spirit gives us. Might be funny, but energy. Energy. Have you ever said, I can't do that? Have you ever said, this is impossible? Have you ever said, no way, there's no way this is going to happen or I'll be able to carry out or finish this task? It's beyond my ability. Remember Philippians 4.13? Hope you've heard that. Write that down. I'm, I'm sure you have somewhere. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul in 2 Corinthians says, whenever I'm weak, I am made strong for the sake of Christ. It's this strength that in those times comes from the Spirit. Throughout biblical times and continuing today, only with power beyond ourselves can we as faithful Christians fulfill our calling. I've outlined many of the nurturing aspects that the Spirit gives us. But this isn't the only way that the Spirit works. At Pentecost, the Spirit moved and the individuals present, and each was able to speak in their native tongue. The Spirit enabled them to carry out their gift and the attributes that they had been given. If you have your scripture still open, look there at verse 17. It tells us that God poured out his Spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. That's you. That's me. That's each of us here. Each of us has been given this gift of the Spirit. Each of us will use it differently 
but all has been given to use for the sake of Christ. But where do I find the Spirit? How do I receive the Spirit? We have to open our lives to God. I can't do that for you. Your mother can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. Your friend can't do it for you. Your son or your daughter cannot do it for you. Only you can. Through the mercy of God's grace and the acceptance of Christ as your Savior. When we do, we receive the Spirit. It's automatic. It's not coming in the mail. It's not sent to us online. We can't buy it. We can't order it. It's a gift. But we can. And this is important, Emmanuel community. Hear this. We can maintain the Spirit's nourishing qualities. And it's important to do that. Where do you feel closest to God? How or in doing what are you passionate or you feel close to God's presence? Where is it that you hear God most often? Let me share some suggestions of how we can nourish these qualities of the Spirit that God has given us. First is His Word. It's the Scripture. It's the Bible. God speaks to us in many places and in many ways. But the Bible is the richest source of nourishment we have and an essential tool to keep the Spirit flowing through us. Through God's Word, God meets our deepest longings and we grow in our understanding of God's message of love and hope for us and for others. Another way we nurture this relationship is through music, right? For some, music nurtures the soul. I confess, too, that there's, there's probably no greater place or time than to be in the car with the windows down and the music on by yourself and just let the spirit run through you. Or maybe even at home to lie on the couch and put some music on and be quiet, if it's possible to find that time. And to let the music soothe your soul and the spirit nurture your spirit. For some, it's being outdoors. It's being in nature. Gosh, we've had some pretty days. It, it hasn't been too hot, hotter than most, but it's not been too hot. To take those walks, to take the hikes, to be in the woods, to, to find a stream or body of water which to sit next to. To go fishing, to work in the garden, to ride a bike. Another way we nurture those qualities is by relationships, by being connected to other people. I've talked about those relationships twice already today. Sometimes we need others to remind us who we are. Sometimes we need others to carry us until we can carry ourselves again. Sometimes we need to feed off the spirit that exudes from others when it's our heart tank that is running on empty. Car companies are offering more and more hybrid cars these days. Not just the smaller ones, but trucks, vans, and larger, larger models. These hybrids run on a combination of batteries and fuel. They're more fuel efficient and get good gas mileage around town where we're the busiest. Have you ever considered one? Maybe it's time for you and me to change the way we have been used to filling our tanks. Our spiritual tanks. That no longer we fill our cups only on Sunday or during a small group gathering once or twice a week, but we seek God's word. 
places and people that constantly fill our spiritual tanks. Sometimes we run on the fuel we have or might have to engage the battery where we've stored up some holy fuel. Remember, receiving the Spirit is not all just about refilling or refueling our own tanks, but offering the unconditional love to others where our life becomes more like a strainer than filling a cup that never gets full. Now look at the strainer. You probably can't see it up close, but what's the strainer full of? Holes, right? That's why it's a strainer. But when we think of our lives as a strainer and we see all the holes in it, we realize that that's how the Spirit enters our lives. But not only how the Spirit enters our lives, it's through those holes that the Spirit in ways that we might not ever imagine flows through us to enter other people's lives too. So to any today who are thirsty, to anyone who's discouraged, that's hopeless, that's exhausted, you can find fuel through the presence and the nurturing aspects of the Holy Spirit. And to each of us, to each of us, to all of flesh, that God is calling us to do something for him, something that is bigger than us and something that requires more fuel than we can access or store on our own. God sent to the disciples a power given to ordinary people to live in an extraordinary way that they might do extraordinary things. Thanks to others who've molded that for us today. Thanks to the Spirit who shows each of us the way. So let us keep the Spirit going by filling our heart tanks with living, refreshing water and with holy fuel that only God can give. That God's unconditional love will not only flow into us, but out to others. That they too may experience the Spirit. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. We now invite you, as we have each week, to pass the peace, a time in which we can encourage one another, a time we can offer a word of hope to another. Who's someone that's nurtured you in your life? Do you have their number? Do you have their email address? Can you call them later? Can you email them now? Can you send them a text and say thanks? Thanks for being a nurturing presence in my life. Or maybe, maybe the Spirit's putting somebody's name on your heart and your gut that you need to send out and reach a word of, and share a word of encouragement. Offer them that now, or as soon as we finish, offer them that word. I do need to share. That as we gather for this passing of the peace, and I've been considering this moment, I recognize that there are many places around our country that are not at peace. There are many hot spots and places of unrest. At the heart of the matter is racism. In our bishop's own words, he speaks about the COVID-19 being a pandemic, but he names racism also as a pandemic. A sin. 
let us, ra- let us name this too. Let us recognize this sin and let us stand against it peacefully. And may the Holy Spirit, who's been transforming lives for centuries, be our guide. We pass the peace. Amen.